Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. Looks like we may be having a little bit of uh, difficulties, but uh, what's new about that? <laughs> Had a guy change some settings on the uh, in sermon.net, and so I don't really even know if if things are recording online this morning. Uh, we had a big red light, but nevertheless, we're here and we're recording on Spreaker, and we will get the the teaching in today. and And I don't know if folks will get to watch live or not, but praise God for the opportunity to be here. Me and Chastity are here this morning. We're just thankful that uh, uh, we can get into the Word of God. In Second Timothy chapter two is where we'll be this morning. Uh, this is actually going to be uh, session four uh, today. And we're going to begin in verse 9 here in just a moment, so you can be getting your Bibles ready. Uh, don't forget about the Determined Camp Meeting coming up October the 22nd through the 25th, which is just a couple weeks away, uh, beginning uh, on the 22nd, a Thursday night. We're looking forward to that. There will be 10 ministers there preaching uh, the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, determined to know nothing other this year's Determined Camp meeting is perfect vision and so we're looking for that perfect vision we see a little bit better each and every day in Christ so make sure you join us this year for this great camp meeting looking forward to it Robin and I will be in Lima Ohio the very first uh, let me see the 15th day of January we'll be at uh, Hampton Inn there in Lima and it'll be on, only that day, the 15th. It'll be a 10 o'clock service and a 5 o'clock service. So I encourage you, if you're anywhere near, uh, join us for that all-day affair. And uh, we'll just have a good time in the Lord and hear the word of the Lord and just have a great time of fellowship. Thankful for the opportunity to be able to go and to do those things. We had a great time last weekend at Pastor Wayne and Debbie Voss's church there in Greenwood, Mississippi. Always a great joy to fellowship with that group of folks there that are determined to know absolutely nothing other than Christ and Him crucified. So this morning we're here in 2 Timothy, as I said, chapter 2, uh, verse 9. This is session 4 here on the ninth day of October 2020. I always like to throw the date in so uh, we'll be able to look back and see exactly where we were when this was done. And so Paul tells Timothy, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. And when Paul says, wherein I suffer trouble, uh, he, he's talking about that is because of the gospel he preaches of Jesus Christ and uh, what he really accomplished at Calvary and that he was raised from the dead. And uh, I mean, they just wasn't going, that wasn't going well with the Judaizers, the people of Israel. We know they were cut off, uh, but the Bible says they were cut off because of unbelief. Doesn't mean Jews can't be saved. They can be saved, but it's only through faith in the same thing that you and I are saved through. And that's Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary for us. No other avenue of salvation never will be, never has been. And so we're thankful for that today, uh, to know that. But Paul says that he suffers trouble because of that. And if you're preaching or believing 
uh, sharing the gospel and literally just sharing it, there's going to be trouble in your life. Uh, there's going to be criticism. There's going to be uh, persecution. There's going to be suffering. There's going to be uh, just all sorts of negative things that come at you. Well, you always just have to look back at the cross. That's the story of our lives because what Jesus came to do and the way he walked, uh, the Bible says righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in his steps. Righteousness went before him. He, he accomplished the work completely of righteousness that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And the Bible says that righteousness will set us in his steps. And if we're not in those steps, we're not really even following him. But when we are in those steps, as the apostle Paul was and Timothy was, you're going to find suffering. You're going to find uh, all sorts of negative things. Not because you go to church. Mm -mm. The devil don't care if you go to church. The devil doesn't like it when you share the one who defeated him at Calvary, who took the power of death away from him. So uh, Paul here says that he suffers trouble as an evildoer. Not only, listen, these preachers of the cross that the Lord's raising up today, these, these churches, they're, they're accused of being troublemakers, causing division. And to cause division is evil unless it's Jesus causing the division. <laughs> And Jesus is the greatest instigator that's ever lived. He is the one who, who uh, separates light from dark. He's the one who brings the division if it is in fact the message of Christ and Him crucified. Now there's a lot of division that's not of God. A lot of flesh, a lot of negative that's not of God. But when the message of the cross is why there's a division, then... It's Him bringing the division. It's Him who's separating you, not to be higher than anybody, but to come out from among them because they're not preaching this glorious gospel. They might say gospel. They might say cross, and, and I'm sure they do occasionally, but they're not expounding uh, the Scriptures in the light of Christ and Him crucified. And believe me, my friends, without faith in the cross and without the revelation, the illumination of Christ and what he did at Calvary in the word, then there, there, no light's going to shine through the word into our hearts. Jesus Christ is the light, yes, but the cross is what turns that light on. We need to always remember that. He says, not only is he suffering trouble, but he's suffering trouble being accused of being an evildoer simply because he's preaching the message of the cross. How, how many people today are talking out behind the bushes? Well, they're just too radical. They're just, they think it's all about the cross. They, 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 I mean, they, they're, <clears throat> how about that? I mean, that's going on. I've been preaching this for 15 years, and I've experienced that for 15 years. Because when you start preaching this message that Paul preached People that you used to know, you used to be in in ministry, you won't ever hear from them again until the Lord is able, if He ever is able, to bring them back to this that Paul taught. This only way that faith works is in the cross. This only place that God works and brings us into the place where He, he can 
we can bear his fruit of righteousness. Outside of that, it's feel-good religion. It's using the name of Jesus. And it's no wonder the church has been beaten like the men of, what was that town, Sheba or something? They thought they'd use the name of Jesus too. And I watch people today. What was it? Seven sons of Sheba. Yeah, there you have it. Got a Bible scholar with us today at Sister Chastity. But uh, they thought they'd use the name of Jesus. But let me tell you something. The devil said, Jesus we know and Paul we know, but who are you? I'm telling you something. The reason, the reason the devil knew Jesus and knew Paul is because Jesus is the one that took his power at Calvary and Paul was preaching that message that took his power and that would continually resist that, that one who roars as a lion. Somebody needs to hear me today. You can use the name of Jesus all day long, but until you see that Jesus means Savior and your faith is in and stays in what he did to save you and keeps on saving you from yourself daily. Oh, it don't matter how many times you use the name of Jesus. People, Hollywood's using the name of Jesus. Most preachers are using the name of Jesus. But there's power in that name and it's not in saying there's power in that name. There is power to save, to deliver, to heal, to keep you and everything you need. The power <coughs> is in that name. Yeshua, Jesus, Savior, Healer, Deliverer. It's all wrapped up in Him but it's all wrapped up in what he did at Calvary. Think about Jesus said, when you know the truth, he already said, I am the truth. When you know the truth, the truth will make you free. John chapter 8 there, he's, he's talking about being free from sin. So he says he's the truth. Okay, I know him. Okay, well, what about him? that you know made you free from sin. It's what he did at the cross. The cross can never leave the message. The cross, I hear preachers don't even use the name Jesus in their message, much less point people to Calvary. What a shame that is that we've gotten to this place. And when preachers come along, that's all they want to refer to is Christ and what he did at Calvary. They're, like, they're called troublemakers, evildoers. They're just, they're just a bunch of elitists. They're, they're just this and they're just that. They're, they're, that's what they did to Paul. Which group are you in today? Which group are you in today? Are you in Paul's group that would go to prison for this radical movement and message of the cross? Or would you just kind of back off and think Paul was a little too radical and my Lord, look, he's willing to go to jail over all this. We, we better just go with these guys. who They're, they're not causing trouble. They're, listen, the message of the cross is always going to cause trouble to the devil to our flesh, to the world. <laughs> but it's never going to cause trouble in the believer's life. Not God's not going to cause trouble in my heart. But the enemy is going to cause trouble for me through others who refuse to step into this nothing but Christ in Him crucified way, the focus. So again, Paul says, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer even unto bonds. Now, it just keeps getting, I mean, man, I'm suffering trouble. And the, and the trouble I'm suffering is they're calling me an evildoer. It ain't over. Now they got me in chains. But the word of God is not bound. You may lock us up, but the word of God can never be bound because the word of God is God. 
John chapter 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 of that same chapter, the Word that is God became flesh. You, you, you can't bind Jesus down. You can't lock Jesus up. You might lock me up, but you can't lock Jesus up. You can't, you can't get rid of the Word of God. The people, I'm sure, that watched Noah build that ark day after day, and they said, come on, I, I can't believe he's doing that right here in our neighborhood. Pack the bags. We're out of here. We're not watching that. We're not listening to that, that preacher of righteousness every day. Come on, we're going to move five mountains away from this so we won't even hear the echo of this preacher, this one who says God's going to flood us out and, and just destroy the, the earth and, we don't have to listen to that. But I got news for you. The word of God still went forth and everybody drowned that resisted and rebelled against the word of God. It cannot be bound. When God has spoken, it will come to pass. And no man can stop it. When the dust settles one day, every word God has ever spoken will have come to pass. Hallelujah. And I want to be involved in that word and the life it brings when the dust settles. Hallelujah. I don't want to be among those causing trouble. I, I want to be among those who are having trouble because they're believing the gospel and nothing else and that you will be a part of one of the two sides. You're going to be if you're a Christian. You're either becoming more determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified or you're moving farther and farther away from that place and thank God the opportunity is open today for anybody to say, okay, I've been hearing it, I've been hearing this, I've been hearing this on TV, I've been hearing it on social media, everywhere I turn, it's just people talking about the cross, okay, it's time you submit and to begin to contribute to do your part as well, hallelujah. Amen. Book of Galatians says that whoever's teaching you the truth, that you're to communicate with them as well. That word communicate means distribute, become a partaker with, a partner with. You're to get involved. You're to subject yourself to this message that Paul preached under the anointing of the Holy Spirit or you are resisting. At what point and level, God knows, we don't. But I know what it's like. I've been there. I, I turned the, the, the radio in the car off. I turned the radio off in the building I was in off. I, but the Word of God, was you can't stop it. It's still coming. You'll run from God the rest of your life or you'll finally fall at the feet of Jesus and begin to follow Him, praise the Lord, through faith in His work there at Calvary. He says, but the Word of God is not bound. And that means chained. Paul's giving a picture here. I'm chained, but you can't chain the word. I'm chained. Man, you can cut my head off. And you know what? All the words that I've spoken through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, isn't that, isn't that what happened to Paul eventually anyway? They took his life, but look, we still have the word that God gave him to give us. He's dead and gone. He's with the Lord, but here we are still benefiting from what God said through the apostle Paul for us Gentiles that God has been so merciful to by bringing us into the kingdom. Hallelujah. Aren't you thankful today for God's mercies that he reached out even to an old uh, sinful race of Gentiles? Did didn't know God, didn't know anything about God. And if there was a God, we didn't want anything to do with him. But because the word of God can't be bound, it just keeps reaching. Hallelujah. The word of God just keeps on going. 
Glory to God. I'm glad. I'm thankful today to be an old saved Gentile brought into the kingdom. And God's been merciful and gracious to us. I'm thankful. And the apostle Paul goes on to say, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with, it comes with something, eternal glory. Listen, they might throw you in jail, they might cut your head off, but the glory, the hope of glory that we have, Jesus Christ that dwells in us by His Spirit, that's a forever and ever non-ending glory that we have been given. Whatever happens to these old bodies, cut my head off, let me rot in a prison jail, it doesn't matter. I'm going to have a new body with a new name, with eternal glory that will have no end. And, and when the dust settles, I've said, Dad, I don't know where's that coming from. When the dust settles one day, the Bible says there will be no wicked or even the root of the wicked. It will be, they will all be gone. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What a day that'll be. But notice the Spirit of Christ that's at work in the Apostle Paul here, which I call the, really the Spirit of the Cross. The, the Spirit of Christ, because He came to die for us. That was the commandment He had, the main commandment. The main reason He came was because His Father said, you'll go and you'll lay your life down and you'll raise it up again. Jesus told us that in John 10, 18. And, and, but the Spirit of God, the Spirit you'll find among those who are truly walking with their faith in the cross is that, is that mind uh, and that concern for others Others. Paul said, I, I may rot in prison. They're going to cut my head off. Whatever. But listen, I'm going through these things. Look at, he says it right here. Therefore, because I endure all things for the elect's sake. The chosen ones is what that means. That they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. This is why, this is the main reason we endure. We're already on our way to heaven, but there's people that need to hear this message we have to preach. There's lost people that aren't on their way to heaven at this moment. There's the church that's backslidden and moving farther at a high rate of speed, farther and farther away from the grace of God. Galatians 5, 1 through 4. They've, and Galatians 1 and 6, they've removed themselves from Him. They've fallen from grace. Grace is the Spirit of God at work in your life. Grace is not powder, mystical, magical. Grace is God working and we can remove ourselves from Him, fall from that place, and the church is rapidly running from God, all the while thinking they're drawing closer through feelings and emotions instead of this great truth of Calvary. We need to be aware of that today. It is happening. It is real. And it's those who call the messengers of righteousness evildoers. I mean, let me tell you something this morning. Religion is a far harder thing to be delivered from than methamphetamines because methamphetamines, it's obvious you are a messed up individual, your teeth is rotten, your brain is, is, is vanishing and your acts are ungodly and evil and I'm telling you, but religion makes a man think he's right 
and he's so wrong if his faith is not in the cross, but he feels like it's right. It seems like he's right. All these people that were against Paul, they thought they were right. It seemed right to them. They were assured that they were right when they rejected the Son of God, rejected the message of the Son of God that Paul preached. And most of the church today, I'm talking about the saved church, they reject this message of, uh, of the cross for sanctification. No, God will still work in this. God will work in that. God only works in truth, Psalms 33, 4. God only works, the Spirit of God only works according to the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 2. And the other scripture was Psalms 33, 4. Write them down, take a note, go look at them. You'll learn some amazing things that most of what's being called God today is not God. The ones who were calling Paul evil, they thought they were being used of God. The ones who crucified Christ, they were the ones that told Christ, you're of the devil. Think about that. Just because I feel, feel, feel like I'm being used of God doesn't mean I'm being used of God. The proof is not experience. The, the proof is not experience and feelings and emotion. The proof is the scriptures that I'm walking in the light of the scriptures. The devil, when he comes, he's going to imitate Christ. When, when the Antichrist comes, he's going to imitate every single thing about Christ except one thing. Everything. He'll work miracles. He'll be killed. He'll be raised from the dead. He will, he will do great things deceiving Israel, deceiving the whole world possibly. But there's one thing he won't be able to imitate. And that is he won't have been born of a virgin because he will be a wicked, evil man. Man. Six, six, six. Man, 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 and lost and full of Satan. And he will, under the influence of Satan, at the allowance of God, be able to do great, great things. But he will not have been born of a virgin because there's only one who's done and ever will do that. And his name is Jesus. So Paul here says, I, I'm going to just keep on enduring all things. The, the accusations of being evil, uh, uh, being thrown into the chains, I, I'm going to keep on enduring all things for the chosen ones. I, I don't want to quit. If I quit, what's going to happen to those who've been watching and listening to me? If I throw in the towel, if I join the ranks with, with, with those who don't believe that Christ and his way of the cross is the not the only way to be saved, but the only only way to live saved. If I throw in the towel because things get hard, I get tired, whatever the case may be, what's going to happen to everybody else? What's going to happen to everybody else when we quit? Think about that. It's a powerful statement. That they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Then he says... It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. We live with Christ if we died with Christ. Now I understand that there's a twofold meaning in this. We died with him. 
through our faith in his death at Calvary, if that hasn't happened, you're not born again. You're not on your way to heaven. To heaven. You and I must from the heart believe unto righteousness. Romans 10 and 10 says that means the work of righteousness Jesus carried out at Calvary. There the one that knew no sin became the sin offering that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. And he did the work of righteousness. And because of our faith in his death, our trusting in that he paid the price for my sins. I died with him. I was crucified with him. Romans 6 tells us that, and, and 6 and 7, and Galatians 2 and 20 tells us that, that we died with Christ. Our faith in Christ dying for our sins places us in the last Adam. And that's something that's not talked about near enough in the church. The reason you and I and the whole human race is born into sin is because the first Adam, the daddy of us all, black, white, yellow, brown, red man, it don't matter what color you are, your daddy is the first Adam who sinned, disobeyed God, became a sinner, and the sin nature appeared in his life. And because of that, every human being that's ever been born, that's right, the Bible says Eve is the mother of all living. So we all came from there and we've all been born as sinners because our daddy and mama were sinners. We're all in the first Adam until we accept Christ as the last Adam. The Bible calls him the Son of God and our faith is in him and what he did as the Lamb of God to take away our sins. That that, that causes us to die to who we were in Adam and to become alive to God in Christ Jesus. We need never forget that. And we need to see that when our faith, our hearts believed in Christ and His work at Calvary, we left the old family and we joined the new family. We are no longer in the first Adam, but we're now in the last Adam, the eternal Adam. That 2 Corinthians, is it 2 or 1 Corinthians that says the last Adam is the, the Lord, the one from heaven? I think it's 2 Corinthians at the very end, maybe chapter 15. Is that right? Hey, this is a Bible study. How about let's go look. How about that? Nope, it's 1 Corinthians. Okay, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, so you can go find that uh, on your own uh, after uh, the broadcast today if you're interested, amen? So let's go look at here where we are. Chapter 2, 2 Timothy. Powerful uh, chapter, powerful letter uh, to Timothy, the church there in uh, Ephesus, and to us today. Uh, it's for us today. It's not. I'm sure a lot of people say, well, that was to Timothy. He was an evangelist. He was an apostle. He was a, a pastor, whatever Timothy was. Uh, that was to him. No, that's to us. It's just like when you hear preaching about elders and deacons. Well, I'm not an elder and deacon. No, we should all be having the, the qualifications in our lives that would cause us to be look like we could be a deacon. We could be an elder. I mean, that striving for the faith of the gospel. We don't throw anything out because, well, I'm not a preacher. I'm, no, no, we're Christians. 
Amen. We ought to have the fruits of whatever in our lives, the fruits of the Spirit in our lives, of the Bible. So we can't throw anything out. I know so many uh, people call uh, these two letters to Timothy the pastoral epistles. I don't have a problem with that. But the, the deception that comes with that, that statement is that I'm not a pastor. No, but you know what? You're a Christian, and these letters that were written were to Timothy for others. What, what did Paul tell Timothy? That which you've learned from me, commit to others that will be faithful to teach this also. Now see, you, you can't just throw anything in the Bible away. It's all for you and it's all for me. But he says here, it's a faithful saying, if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. And we talked about the initial faith in Christ, that we died with him and now we live unto God through faith in Him, and we're eternally alive. But Jesus said He came to give us eternal and abundant life, and that eternal and abundant life does not start when we die. The reason we have eternal life is because Jesus, who is our eternal life, dwells within us by His Spirit. Paul told Timothy in other places, lay hold on this eternal life. We have eternal life today, right now. Amen. It doesn't start when we die. It started when we got born again. So we, we live the crucified life. We, we are, we, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, verse 11, that you and I are to reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin. That's a daily thing. Jesus taught if any man's going to come after me, he's going to have to deny himself, take up his cross, death. Take up his cross, death daily and follow me. That means we never move our faith from the place Christ died for us and we died with him. We go on, yes, and we learn many things, but ultimately what we're learning is Christ. What we're learning is righteousness. I love, I, I, the Lord showed me last week a scripture that says even when God's grace, God's favor is shown to the wicked, they will, they will not learn righteousness. And only those that learn righteousness will behold the majesty of God. So powerful because Jesus is our Lord of righteousness and what He does in and through our lives if it is Him doing it, is the fruits of His righteousness. Hallelujah. It's in the book of Psalms, and I don't know what chapter, but it's the very first verse in the chapter that says that God has clothed Himself with majesty. Think about that. And you and I, if we're learning righteousness will behold that which he has clothed himself with. That's something for you to take and run with, praise God. But Paul here says it's a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. And again, that's twofold. That's when we died, we're living eternally with him then, but it's also we live with him now. We live with Christ. He lives within our heart. He's given us abundant and eternal life. And we walk with Him. We talk with Him. Listen, we are alive now unto God. In Christ, we're alive. We've been resurrected from the dead. We were dead and separated from God in our trespasses. God has forgiven us and, and, and given us life abundant and eternally. 
We need to think about that. Every day we need to think about that. If we be dead with him, and we did die with him when we were born again, I, that's what our faith does. It allows in the mind and the plan of God and reality for us to have died with him. Again, you have to go back to Adam. The first Adam, when he sinned, he represented you. When he sinned, you were in him, sinning. When Jesus paid the price for sin, your faith in him places you in him and out of that first Adam. Think about that. There's only, when God looks at the human race, he only sees two men. He sees the first man he placed here and all those who were in him. And he sees the last Adam, his son, his only begotten son that he sent and all those who were in him. But just to be in Christ, it does mean we're alive from the dead and we can live unto God. But the, the reason the letters were written to the churches in the New Testament is because they were falling away. Paul was warning Timothy, be on guard. I mean, the, the, the whole letter, to both letters to Timothy, they were encouraging warnings. Can I say it that way? Because most churches, well, just encourage me. Just encourage me. Well, God did that with encouraging warnings. People who are just sick of being warned don't think they need to be. And people who don't think they need to be warned thinks they, they've reached some plateau that they can't fall. They can't be carried away. They, they've reached some level of something. No, my friends. Daily cross. Daily humility. I hope you're getting this. I, I know people personally who don't want to be warned anymore. And this is all these letters were to Timothy were encouraging, encouraging words of warning. The letter to the Galatians, encouraging words of warning. The, the letters to the seven churches in Revelation, encouraging words of warning. This is what's right. Take heed lest you fall away. Hold fast that, the Bible says. Don't let it slip away. Sin never slips away, but the truth will. Sin never just slips away, but the truth will. I hope you understand that. You can't be warned enough. Aren't you glad that Timothy said, throw that out? I, 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 aren't you glad Timothy didn't say, throw that out? Paul just, all he, he, just, he just wants to do nothing but warn us. We need to be warned every day. And if we're here in the Holy Spirit, you're going to hear Him warning you every day. And that is unless you have replaced the voice of the Holy Spirit with some other voice because you've reached some plateau of perfection and you don't need to be warned anymore. Come on, somebody help me. Hallelujah. I, we always need to be warned. And that's what the New Testament is. The declaration of God's righteousness in the person and the work of Christ. And the rest of it is, is either about what's coming in the days ahead or it's about how to live this life to express this righteousness we've been made in Christ. And warning, warning, warning on every single page of your Bibles. Warnings to stay the course. Amen, Brother Curtis. Preach on, Brother Curtis. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. Verse 12, 
if we suffer with him, or if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. Now, now here the Bible's not talking about just any kind of suffering. Suffering a sickness, suffering a... The Bible here is talking about enduring. Now watch, verse 12 is where we are. The word suffer means endure. It means endure. If we suffer because we're enduring, not if we suffer. Everybody's going to suffer physically eventually. Everybody. Unless they just are killed in some tragic accident and they're gone. Uh, uh, But You live long enough, you're going to suffer. Some are suffering at young ages of horrible things. But listen, the only suffering that God can be pleased in is the suffering for righteousness sake when we endure if we suffer, if we endure. And you know that's the context because Paul just said, therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Now he says, now, now hold on, I'll explain a little better. It's a faithful saying. For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him if we endure. If we suffer, if we endure, we shall also reign with him. But if we deny him, he also will deny us. Paul said us. Paul said us. Him included. If we deny him, he will deny us. The way we deny him today in our lives of Christianity is when we're trusting in anything other than the work of Christ at Calvary. Any program, any conference, any human being, any preacher, anything we do, anything other than what Christ did at Calvary, we are denying God. We're denying Him. When we think God will work through this program, through what I do, God will save me, or through what I do, God will sanctify me, we're denying Him. You can... Listen, what did Titus say? Let's turn over there and look. It's not in my notes. This is a a, a most misunderstood scripture, Titus 1 and 16. Now watch this now. They profess that they know God. Who's professing they know God? Not the drunks and drug addicts and, and those living those out there just living in sin, bound in sin openly that everybody can see. There's people that think they're they know God, think they're living for God. Watch this. They profess that they know God, but in works. We're all called to works. We're all called to works, but our works are in Christ Jesus. And Colossians 2.6 tells us that as we have received the Lord Jesus Christ, that means through faith in what He did at Calvary, we are to walk in Him. Just like we received Him, we're to walk in Him, and there we'll find the works that we've been ordained to walk in, Ephesians 2 and 10. But here... The Bible says they profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him. If it's not the work of the Holy Spirit, it's a denial of God. 
It's just us. It's just our flesh. It's just my, I, I, God will do this for me if I do this. God will save me if I, I, I do this. God will deliver me if I do this. It, God saves and delivers through the blood of Jesus and you can put a big fat period at the end of that. Not through what we do. What He did. They profess they know God, but in works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient, and unto every good work reprobate. We've taken that as the church, and we've, well, yes, they're just Jack Daniel drunks, and they, 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 they're just living out there in sin. No, these folk are professing they know God, and in their works they're denying Him. Remember, Paul told Timothy also that in the last days, they would be, the people would be ever, he's talking about the, the people that profess they know God. They would ever be learning and not able to come to the truth. Because what they're learning is not the Word of God in the proper context. And they're working themselves to death. They're having to go to church and put on one picture and then when they're at home and on the workforce, there's a whole nother person there. Think about it. There's millions of, the, millions of those people. They profess they know God, but in works they're denying Him. They think they're works. We got people in our church that came out of some of these churches that think it's by what they do that they're going to be justified before God. It, 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 it's through what they do that they're going to be sanctified before God. See, that's denying God. That's a spit in God's face and a denial of the work, very work of justification and sanctification He carried out and finished at Calvary. We need to know that. But I wanted to show you that scripture because of what Paul is saying here that if we suffer, endure, we shall also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. And here he's, he, the whole context of this is about Him suffering as an evildoer. Now he's telling Timothy this for a reason. He's, he's showing him, and Timothy didn't need a letter to know what was going on in Paul's life. He was living it. He was watching it happen. Where he was at, they were forsaking him and what Paul had given him just like today. Thank God there are preachers being raised up not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not talking about say they're not ashamed of the gospel. They are preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. Hallelujah. I'm glad they'll be a part of this last few moments of a church before the Lord comes for His people. I'm telling you, the church is in trouble. And, and, but Paul nevertheless wrote this to Timothy. Even though Timothy knew it, that man, they were leaving him by the drove and the ones that were still hanging on, most of them were trying to lie to him and get him to believe this stuff about Paul. You know, if Paul was really right, he, he, listen, God wouldn't allow him to be locked up in prison. You know, these guys, look at these guys. They're not locked up in prison. They're living for God. They weren't living for God. 
When you deny what Paul preached, you are not living for God except in your own mindset, in your own works. That's what you've gone back to trusting in. When you start sharing with your family that only what Christ did at Calvary saves, delivers, sanctifies, and allows Him to work in your life as far as the fruit being unto righteousness, unto holiness, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer because unless they're believing that also, they can't refute it in the Scriptures. Why, why can't they? Because most of the time they're not in the Scriptures, but the ones that are, they have the Scriptures twisted. As Peter said about Paul, most of them uh, of what Paul wrote, some of what Paul wrote is hard to understand, and, and these folks are twisting what Paul wrote like they do the other Scriptures, and what did he say? For their own destruction. Their own destruction. You need to understand that. We're living in perilous times and that don't mean what's going on in the streets of our big cities in America. We're living in perilous times because the church is running around in circles and they're just in peril because they don't know the way of righteousness. They don't know the way of the cross. If they did, you'd be hearing it. Turn the TV on, they'd be preaching it. They're not preaching it. They're not preaching it. The people leave church. The people, 90% of the people that go to church on Sunday leave the service thinking, I got to try harder. I got to do better. That's what I, I know what I'm talking about. And if you hear the message of the cross, you're going to not be saying, listen, if you're understanding it, and it is understandable even for a kid, the simplicity of Christ. If you're hearing what you should be hearing and you're accepting what you're hearing that's right, you're going to leave church thanking God for the son he gave and that he paid the price. He did the work. And now all you have to do is trust in that and you will find the Spirit of God working in you and his works made manifest. Hallelujah. That's good news. I'm glad I don't have to leave church anymore telling myself I've got to try harder. I've got to do better. Uh, we've, we've got to get more. Do, oh, we've got, oh, we're so far away from where we should be. We've got to get more involved and everybody should be involved to some degree in a local church being used of God somehow but if we leave church thinking man I'm not right with God because I'm, I'm not trying hard enough or I'm not working hard enough and you either didn't hear what you should have heard or if you did you didn't believe what you heard that was right one of those two and that's a big question isn't it am I hearing what's right or am I hearing what's right and just not believing it because if I'm not, if I'm not moving in the right direction, if it's not the Holy Spirit, and I'm not talking about me saying it's the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about me learning the, screw, the, the, screw, the truth of the Scriptures so I can see the Holy Spirit's working in me both to will and to do of God's good pleasure according to my faith in the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is what He did at Calvary. Think about the letter to the Galatian church. Paul said, who's bewitched you that you're no longer obeying the truth? Oh, they were, listen, those folks were being moved away by the Judaizers and they thought they were obeying more truth now than ever before. Oh, well, the Bible, the word, the, the, the word given from God to the Jews says you've got to do this on this day. That was the word of God, but they didn't. They, they, they were being pulled away from the one that came to represent and fulfill all of that in his person and work at Calvary. 
Oh, they were, they were using the Word of God to, to deceive people. They were still bound under the letter of the law. And that's what happens in almost every church in the world today when people leave saying, I've got to try harder, I've got to work harder. And we do need to be more involved, but God doesn't do what He does based on what we do. He does what He does in us, to us, for us, and through us based on our faith and what He's done at Calvary. We need to remember that. And if I'm called an evildoer for preaching that, and I have been, well, I guess that's going to just increase in the days ahead because the more understanding of the truth of the Scriptures we have, the louder God's going to make our voice. The higher the mountain we stand on to proclaim this message will be. Or from the lowest valley, which has the loudest echo, it'll still be the gospel that Paul preached. If we be dead with Him, we shall also live with Him. If we suffer, if we endure, we shall also reign with Him. But if we deny Him, He also will deny us. If we believe not, yet He abides faithful. And, he's taught, and that word believe there means faithless, to be faithless. If, if we're no longer living according to the proper object of faith. That's what the word means. If we believe not, if, if our faith... Oh, but listen, we, listen, 99.9% of the church today thinks they're living by faith. And they are living by some kind of faith. It takes faith to sit in a chair. It takes faith... To do everything we do. Faith, this is going to happen. Faith, I'm going to get a paycheck. Faith, faith. But the Christian, you and I, Romans 12 and 3, have been given the measure of faith, which has been measured out, portioned out from the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us, Galatians 2.20. And if that's, if that's not the faith we're operating by, then we're just operating by some other faith. Some other faith. That faith won't work in any other object than Christ and Him crucified. That faith came to you, was given to you, measured unto you when you trusted, when you believed with your heart unto righteousness. Well, the Bible says that all God's words are in righteousness. And this measure of faith only operates in our lives when, our, when we're believing with the heart unto the righteousness of God's Word. That means the Word in the context of the one who is righteous, our branch of righteousness, the Lord Jesus Christ, and His work of righteousness He carried out at Calvary. The Word of God outside of that cannot bring faith. Won't, that measure of faith won't work. It won't work. It only works through the avenue through which it was given to you. And that is faith in Christ and Him crucified. Think about that. The Word of God, all the Word of God are the righteous words of God. He leads us in His path of righteousness. I quoted to you, I believe it's... Uh, uh, Psalms 85, I'm not going to guess the verse, but it says, I ministered Wednesday night. Righteousness shall go before Him. He did the work. He endured the cross. 
Righteousness shall go before him and shall place us in his steps. Righteousness is what placed us in his footsteps. Righteousness. The Lord's showing me some just constantly new things about righteousness. Those that hunger and thirst, not for, but after. It's what we're after. Hunger and thirst for more. We're, we're, that's what we're after. You get it? They shall be filled. Those that hunger and thirst after following in His footsteps. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's what will allow us to endure. If we're not learning the righteousness of God's Word, we're not going to endure even if we think we're enduring. Let me tell you, these folks that left Paul and were constantly tempting Timothy to leave the message Paul brought and to come and go with them, they believed they were right. All these folks that's surrounding you in your towns, your cities that are not preaching this message, they think they're right. Don't think for a minute they're right. If this is not the central focus of the messages being preached, if, if we turn to whatever the world is entangled in, we can't please Him who's called us to be the good soldier that He says we are. But anyway, the Bible says here in verse 13, if we believe not, if, if we're faithless, if, 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 we, if we're really denying Him, we have this, this form of godliness, but we're denying His power to change us, to use us according to His Word, His will, by His Spirit, to bring about His results, we're in trouble. Yet He abides faithful. Now that does not mean what many thinks it does. That don't mean that you're just going to keep walking in His faithfulness. No, Paul just straightened that out. If I deny Him, He's denying me. That's not Far too long we've just used scriptures like that as far as lost or saved. Oh, no, no, no. This is to save people. This letter is written to save people, save people being told if we deny Him, He'll deny us. Think about that. We, we just There's too, too many things in the Scriptures that, that just have this, this natural fleshly thought, well, they're not saved. Oh no, saved people can do horrible, ugly, wicked, vicious, evil things. I speak from experience. Well, I know the devil tells you and speaks through many preachers and Christians and, and tells us that, well, we're probably not really saved. Oh no, saved people who are not walking in this faith, in this truth, Anything can happen. He can't deny himself. I might be denying God, but God can't deny... He remains faithful at all times. That means his arms are wide open at all times. I might deny him, but when I get ready to come back to the truth, when I get convicted and I hear the truth and, and I repent and, and, and I acknowledge the truth and I come back, he's still there with wide open arms. He's still there, right the path is still there. He's not saying you got to start all over, forget it, you got to start from the beginning. No, he takes you right there where you are. You know, we've heard it for years. Just come as you are. You know, I heard a song the other day that said something about there's a sign on the door that says, come, at, come as you are. And in the song, he says, I don't think so. <laughs> and that's the church. 
We don't want you as you are. We want you to come in, get a look at us, then come back as we are. <laughs> it, that's it. That's, that's what's happened to us. That's it. Come as you are means He accepts you like you are, but then He begins a work to change you, to make you more and more like Him. Hallelujah. That's the good news. He accepts you just like you are. You're just bound. You're in change. You, you've been in darkness for years. You've, you've been listening to liars at church for years who use the name of Jesus, yes. Who use the Word of God, yes. But they're not taking God's Word led of the Spirit and pointing you to what the Spirit of God's pointing to, Christ Jesus and what He did at Calvary so that the work of God can go on in your life or begin in your life. One of the two, hallelujah. I'm glad to know that today. I'm excited to know this. I'm Still not better than anybody, probably worse than most, but I guarantee it, I know the truth and I'm sharing it with you today. And if you'll come back to this place or if you'll stay on this narrow path, you will see a move of God in your life. You will not just have to think something's coming one day. You will be in what is already here. I refuse, even though I know great things are coming, but I refuse to just miss what's going on right now for what's coming. Because if I die this afternoon and I was waiting on something and there ain't nothing wrong with waiting on what's coming. There's a rapture coming. There's a new body coming. There's a heavenly city coming where nothing dwells in it but righteousness. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just constantly saying, oh, there's something coming. God's getting ready to do this. God's getting ready to do that. Let me tell you what God is doing today for those who will come back to Calvary. He is giving them strength and courage and confidence and power that they've never known before, that keeping power, that enduring power to express Him, hallelujah, to a lost and dying world and a backslidden church. Glory to God. And every single day right now, every single day, there are Christians who've been bound for years in religion who are coming out of those chains and coming back to the place they received Him so that they can begin now to walk in Him and experience Him. We have denied our God far too long and it's time to come back and instead of denying Him, accepting His only way that He works and that's through faith in the cross. I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just eat up with joy because of what He is teaching us in His Word and the power that comes by the Holy Spirit when you allow Him to teach you the truth. The focus is never the Spirit of God but he points you to what the focus should be. Jesus, the light of God's Word and what He did at Calvary. Praise God. I'm glad you were with us today. I hope it all worked out online. Who knows, but we got it right here on audio. Join us every Friday morning at 9 o'clock. We're here, of course, in 2 Timothy. Pray for us. Uh, because as we've talked about today, these very things happen to all of us who the Lord has brought back to the place that Paul walked, to the message that Paul preached, and the love that Paul had for a backslidden church. Pray for us. And if you have heard the truth and you are learning through this ministry, be a partaker with this ministry. Become a partner with this ministry. Sow into good ground. Good grounds where the gospel is preached. The Word of God is taught, preached in that context and you will be blessed. God will pour out upon you 
You can't outgive Him. Hallelujah. So be a part of what God's doing here. You can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can text the word GIVE to 903-231-5950. God bless you. He loves you and so do we. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.